0: Good afternoon, good evening, and good night to all my listeners out there. Welcome to NerdGazim. I'm your host, Nerd himself, coming at you from the great American Midwest. How's everybody doing out there tonight? Whew. Telling you, every time I get behind this microphone, guys, it just feels more and more natural. I'm loving it. I'm loving the amount of research I have to do every week for each one of these topics. Um, I've got like 30 tabs opened up right now on, on my Google Chrome, and I'm just I'm digging it. I'm excited. I can't wait to get into tonight's topic. Um, tonight, we're discussing military's involvement in the UFO phenomenon. Um, very specific instances, though. A couple of uh, subtopics I want to touch on. Um, we've talked about it before, and obviously, the military... And UFOs, UFO sightings, UFO crashes, cover-ups, they, they go hand-in-hand. Hand. We've talked about the Pentagon in recent weeks, um, and you know classified and unclassified documents. Obviously, the military and the UFO phenomenon would naturally go hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, you wouldn't be able to do something like this without involving the United States government and the military. Um... So that's what we're going to be covering tonight. I am just taking a second. I'm soaking it in. And want to let you guys know that this is episode 5, season 1. Um, next week's episode, season 6, will be the season finale for this topic that we're covering. Uh, the UFO and the UFO uh, phenomenon and, and everything we've discussed. That's going to be wrapped up next week. Um, then we're going to be taking a couple week break, moving on to a different topic for Season 2 uh, with a name change to the podcast. So if you are a regular follower and listener, um, you will see it named something different come this time in a few weeks. As always, if you guys want to participate in the show, you can reach down below and click the links to the YouTube channel. It always premieres on the YouTube first on Sunday nights and then later on in Spotify, Amazon Music, and all the other podcasting services. If you want to participate in the discussion, the link to the Discord is also down below. Click that link, join the Discord, go to the podcast section of my Discord, and feel free to chat, feel free to post comments, ask questions, suggest topics, suggest guests, All of that stuff, I read all of it, and I take all of it in, and uh, I want to let you guys know that I wouldn't be doing this podcast the way I'm doing it now if it wasn't for some of that great feedback. So don't be shy, make sure you get that in, let me know your thoughts, and we'll move forward. So, breaching the topic of the military's involvement in UFOs and and the UFO phenomenon, we got to start at the center. You start the federal government, you start at the Pentagon, um, and then it starts to weed its little tendrils all throughout. Um, a few months ago, they had the declassification of all of the UFO-related documents that the Pentagon had. Well, not all. We should we should be clear on that. It, it wasn't all. Most, if not most, maybe a large portion of classified UFO documents was released to the public Um, and since there there's been hearings there's been congressional oversight committees and um, people have been called to testify and provide evidence and um, try to get to the bottom of it. it it's just it's mainly for show i think all the congressional hearings and all that stuff i think it's a room full of guys who know they're guilty Pointing at each other and all claiming to be innocent and covering each other's asses. Uh, Everybody in that room knew what the hell was going on. And they all just look at each other and play stupid. A database of reports of UFOs now include about 400 incidences. Um, This is a report coming from NPR.org. I don't know if you know what NPR is, but it's National Public Radio. This is actually from the Wisconsin public radio website, npr.org. Uh, this article is dated five seventeen of 2022, so exactly one month ago. A database of reports of UFOs now includes about 400 incidents, up from 143 assessed in a report released about a year ago, a Navy intelligence official told lawmakers at a congressional hearing on Tuesday. The military's 2021 report said no evidence of aliens had been found. Scott Bray, the Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence, told lawmakers that they still haven't uncovered anything non-terrestrial in origin, even though there are incidences they can't explain. None of the documented objects had attempted to communicate with U.S. aviators, and no attempt had been made to communicate with them, he said, as they all appeared to be unmanned. There's a lot there in those two paragraphs to pick apart. Number one, 400 incidents up from 143 a year ago. That is in fact tripled the amount of incidents in one year compared to years prior. Now I don't think a Navy intelligence supervisor is going to be that forthcoming to Congress, let alone to the American public and the general private and public sectors. They said no evidence of aliens had been found. None. But you have their ships on video. You have their reported sightings by people in your own branch of the military. Navy pilots, Air Force pilots, commercial pilots, astronauts, reported seeing objects that's not evidence of extraterrestrial. The deputy director, he told lawmakers that they still haven't uncovered anything non-terrestrial in origin. So you have 400 sightings in one year and you're telling me that everything that you've seen in all 400 of those reports can be identified as something from this planet? I highly doubt that. That is the most suspicious thing I've ever heard in my life. Even though there are incidences they can't explain. So there's a few of them that you and your experts can't even explain. But you will be presumptuous enough to say that they are not extraterrestrial. You can make that assertion. Even without knowing for sure what the hell it is you're seeing. I don't know what that is, but I know it's not aliens. None of the documented objects had attempted to communicate with U.S. aviators. Okay, that's that doesn't mean they're not alien. That just means they don't want to talk to you. But here's the, here's the kicker. So none of the objects attempted to s- communicate with the military. Okay. No attempt had been made to communicate with them either. Not a single pilot, a single radar tower, not a single human being decided to, I don't know, communicate with one of these objects, fire off a message or a radio uh, transmission or something to say, hey, this is so-and-so, you're in restricted airspace, identify yourself see it all the time in movies if a plane gets out of whack and goes into restricted airspace you know jets will come up next to it say hey you need to land you're in restricted airspace identify yourself blah 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 none of that ever happened you you're gonna sit here and tell me you never ever ever attempted to communicate with any of these objects and then tell me that there's some of them you can't explain And then tell me that you know for a fact that they are not extraterrestrial in origin. And then you can tell me for a fact that even though you don't know what they are, they're not alien. That's your federal government, people. That is your United States military director of naval intelligence is either the biggest liar on the planet... or the biggest dumbass on the planet because nothing he quoted in those two paragraphs makes a lick of fucking sense it is a 100% contradiction of his own making and his own statements I would like to think he's the biggest liar on the planet because if somebody in charge of naval intelligence is that dumb then we're screwed as a country Our military is that stupid, and we are fucked. So I'd like to think that's not the case. So they're just liars. We'll go with that one. I'll take you guys on a little journey. I've covered UFOs and UFO topics here for five weeks, and that does not do justice the amount of years that I've watched, listened, read on this topic throughout my life. I've come across a lot of documents, a lot of videos, a lot of witness testimony. I've studied the UFO topic my my entire life. It's always fascinated me. So summing it up in five or six episodes is hard for me sometimes. Most of the time I like to keep it under an hour and I like to keep it just the bullet points of what I want to talk about, ramble on for a few minutes about each one, and then move on to the next topic really wish I had like a four hour show where I could just go into each one in depth let's talk about Majestic 12 this topic if we were talking about it back in the 50s, 60s and 70s probably gets you killed there are documented cases where men and women have dared to discuss this government agency and have been met with their own demise. Now, not so much. It's a theory that this secret organization doesn't even exist anymore, so why bother? In any case, Majestic 12, i I'm, and this is reading directly from Wikipedia. I'm just going to read directly. Um, go to Wikipedia, type in Majestic 12, you'll be able to read along with me. Majestic 12, also known as MJ12 for short, is a purported organization that appears in UFO conspiracy theories. The organization is claimed to be the code name of an alleged secret committee of scientists, military leaders, and government officials formed in 1947, remember that year, by an executive order of US President Harry Truman to facilitate recovery and investigation of alien spacecraft. The concept originated in a series of supposedly leaked secret government documents first circulated by ufologists in 1984. Upon examination, the Federal Bureau of Investigation declared the documents to be completely bogus, and many ufologists consider them to be an elaborate hoax. Majestic Twelve remains unpopular I'm sorry. Majestic Twelve remains popular among some UFO conspiracy theorists, and the concept has appeared in popular culture including television, film, and literature. It was a panel, created by Harry S. Truman, that's correct, in the year 1947, to investigate and explain and cover up UFO and UFO-related phenomena, specifically crashes, because in that same year, in 1947, this was a direct response to the Roswell incident. Roswell crash happened in July of 1947 and Majestic 12 or MJ-12 was formed just a few months later. Now, there is some speculation in the UFO community as to whether or not that last sentence was accurate. Now, keep in mind, anybody can edit a Wikipedia page. You can go on there right now and edit this Wikipedia page. Somebody will re-edit it and change your edits later, But any person can edit, change, add, take away, remove things on Wikipedia. To public forum. It's the Internet's encyclopedia. So you always take things that you see on Wikipedia with a grain of salt. 99.9% of the time you can count on it to be factual because it's just to the point and it doesn't get into idle speculation or opinion pieces. It just states facts, which is nice. Uh, But when you get into topics such as this, Um, topics that rely a little bit on speculation and opinion, Uh, it's not as reliable, because one person's opinion and speculation might be different than the next, and because it's a secret government organization, um, there's not a whole lot of quote-unquote bullet-point facts to list. I'm going to tell you what I've gathered over the years, and then we'll go over to Wikipedia again from my understanding again from all the shows, documentaries articles I've read my understanding of MJ-12 is back in the Harry S. Truman days in the Roswell time after the crash after we recovered alien spacecraft technology whatever you want to call it this committee was formed because Congress was a lot different back then the FBI was even the FBI was new, the CIA didn't it it was a US government as we know it now, back then was in its infancy there wasn't a need for this type of program so Harry S. Truman just created a He got a list of people that were the top people in their fields. Military experts, scientists, things of that nature. Put them in a room and said, figure this out. Top secret. Nobody knows about this. You guys answer straight to me. That's the end of it. Gave them unilateral access to whatever they needed. um, And told them to report their findings. Yada, yada, yada. This later became Project Blue Book. I do believe later on uh, MJ-12 was disbanded. You can only keep a secret a secret so long in Washington. So I believe MJ-12 was disbanded. Later on, its um, findings and its paperwork and its things were merged with Project Blue Book, which was a whole other government program investigating UFOs and aliens and spacecraft and whatnot. To see on the Wikipedia page that somebody added that it is bogus and ufologists consider it bogus is bogus in and of itself. Um, Project Blue Book, which is a government program, directly references MJ-12. So for somebody to say MJ-12 never existed is a direct contradiction with the federal government itself admitting that MJ-12 existed. So, that is a bogus statement on Wikipedia. The government itself admits that the government program existed. On may thirty first, nineteen eighty seven, it was widely reported that British ufologist Timothy Good claimed to be in possession of a nineteen fifties era UFO document. The document purported to reveal a secret committee of twelve, hence the name MJ twelve. Supposedly authorized by United States President Harry S. Truman in 1952, and explained how the crash of an alien spacecraft in Roswell in 47 had been concealed, how the recovered alien technology could be exploited, and how the United States should engage with extraterrestrial life in the future. According to researchers, ufologist Jamie Shandera had in 1984 received an envelope containing film, which, when developed, showed images of eight pages of documents that appeared to be briefing papers describing Operation Majestic 12. Let me ask you a question, guys. Does that seem so implausible? If we thought about it logically. Let me put you in the driver's seat of the President of the United States in the late 1940s. Okay, remind you that World War II was in full swing and was coming to an end. We were suffering some very hard economic times as a result of the war. But put yourself in the shoes of Harry S. Truman. You're the president just coming off the Second World War. Your your country is it's hurting a little bit. Let's say for hypothetical, just hypothetically, say the US I'm sorry, say the UFO crash in Roswell really did happen. Okay, so we're gonna put you in the shoes of President Truman. Roswell actually happened. A spaceship from outer space crashed in your country. Technology, alien bodies, all of it. It's all real. It happens. You're the president. What do you do? Probably exactly what Harry Truman did, right? You're going to get some people together. You're going to say, hey, go figure this out. If it really is a spacecraft, let's figure out how we can use it and while you're at it why don't you figure out how we can defend ourselves from it in the future in case it is real. If it's aliens and little green men from Mars let's see what technology we can use and let's see how we can defend ourselves from it in the future if they decide to attack us. Right? I mean is that so far-fetched? I would think that's exactly what the president would probably do. If a spacecraft actually did land or crash in my country, it's exactly what I'm going to do. Hey guys, go see what you can butcher from that fucking spacecraft. Oh, now we get lasers, and fiber optics, and microprocessors almost years later. Night vision goggles. All this fancy technology that appears out of fucking thin air when we were barely barely, barely, barely had computers that could put a man on the moon. We had vacuum tube computers, people, do you understand that? And within years we had fiber optics, lasers, microtransmitters, night vision goggles, anyway, I'm getting off the rails here. The concept of Majestic 12 emerged during a period in the 1980s when ufologists believed that there had been a cover up of the Roswell UFO incident and speculated some secretive upper tier of the United States government was responsible. Yeah, 100%. I 100% agree and believe that the UFO event in Roswell in 1947 happened. I believe that. I do believe that it is not out of the realm of possibility that our government recovered whatever was there and covered it up. That's what governments do you think the government tells you the truth about every little detail of every little operation it has going on? No! Secrecy is a currency to these people. You can't protect a country without a little bit of secrecy. You can't run a country without a little bit of secrecy. I get that. I'm just a private citizen and I understand that the government should be allowed to have a bit of secrecy to it. It's understandable. We have enemies. Those enemies would exploit us. Those enemies would have us destroyed. We have to have secrets. So is it really outside the realm of possibility that the President of the United States would put together a committee of people to investigate a crashed alien ship? I don't think so. You go on the Wikipedia page, you can see scanned images of this supposed government document. Um, There are a list of supposed members on this committee of Majestic 12, and there's eight of them. I'll click on a few of them here. I apologize if you hear my mouse clicking. So there was Lloyd Berkner, who was an American physicist and engineer. He is one of the inventors of the measuring device that since has become standard ionospheric stations because it measures the height and electron density in the ionosphere. He was a physicist and engineer. Detlev Bronk was a prominent American scientist, educator, and administrator. He is credited with establishing biophysics as a recognized discipline. He's the creator of biophysics. Bronck served as president of John Hopkins Uni- University from 1941 to 1953 and was president of the Rockefeller Association afterwards. okay. Vannevar Bush. there's that name Bush. Was an American engineer, inventor, and science administrator who, during World War II, headed the U.S. Office of Scientific Research and Development, through which almost all wartime military R&D research and development was carried out. James Forrestal Was the last cabinet-level United States Secretary of the Navy and the first United States Secretary of Defense. Gordon Gray Was an American attorney and government official during the administration of Harry S. Truman and Dwight Eisenhower associated with defense and national security. Roscoe Hillencoder was the third director of the post-World War II United States Central Intelligence Group. Later named Director of Central Intelligence, or as you guys would know it now, Central Intelligence Agency. Created by the National Security Act of 1947. The National Security Act! Of 1947, creating the Central Intelligence Agency. In what year? The same year as Roswell, the creator of the Central Intelligence Agency, serving on MJ-12. Jerome Hunsaker was an American naval officer and aeronautical engineer born in Christon, Iowa. Educated at the U.S. Naval Academy in the Massachusetts Massachusetts Institute of Technology, also known as MIT. His work with Gustave Eiffel outside Paris led to the first wind tunnel in the U.S. Interesting. Donald Menzel was one of the first theoretical astronomers and astrophysicists in the United States. He discovered the physical properties of the solar chromosphere and the chemistry of stars, the atmosphere of Mars, and the nature of gaseous nebula. Wow. Amazing. Somebody did that. Robert Montauk was a lieutenant general in the United States Army. He achieved prominence as a deputy commander at Fort Bliss, Texas, and commander in the Sandia Missile Base in New Mexico and during the modern ufology and head of the U.S. Caribbean fleet. Wait a minute. Let's back up a minute. Commander of the Sandia Missile Base in New Mexico. That's right outside Roswell, New Mexico. Huh. Sidney Sewers was an American admiral and intelligence expert. Nathan Twining was a United States Air Force general born in Monroe, Wisconsin. He was the Chief of Staff of the United States Air Force from 53 and 57, third Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff from 57 and 60. He was the first member of the Air Force to serve as, it looks like cabinet member to a president. Hoyt Vandenberg was the United States Air Force General. He served as the second Chief of Staff to the Air Force and the second Director of Central Intelligence Aid. So we have the founding member of the Central Intelligence Agency and the second director of the Central Intelligence Agency, both on this committee. Every military officer on this committee went on to have illustrious careers in politics after their service to our country. Every private citizen on this board went on to have very prestigious careers after Roswell and their investigation of it. Some of them making quote-unquote discoveries and scientific breakthroughs which henceforth advanced their careers dramatically. That's a hell of a coincidence. Seems like that good old boys club, it was good to be in that club, right? That's 12 gentlemen there that were supposedly on the MJ12 for Majestic 12 committee, that did or did not exist. Those seem like some gentlemen that I probably, as president, would have pointed at. Most of them were Navy and Air Force generals and, and admirals. Two of which were spies. The first head of the Central Intelligence Agency and the second guy to be in charge of the CIA, both of them on that committee. I find it funny that after the crash in Roswell, the National Security Act of 1947 was formed and created the CIA. I don't know, maybe it's just a coincidence, people. Maybe I'm just pulling straws and connecting dots that aren't supposed to be connected. Maybe it's all just bogus, right? Maybe. How many of you guys like movies? How many of you guys like sci-fi movies? Like Star Trek, Star Wars, all that good stuff, right? Now, when you mention the words men in black to people, they think of the very popular Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones series of movies, and if I told you that those movies were based on true stories you'd have me laughed out of the building. Well, get to laughing folks. Because from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s before those movies were even thought of and made, the Men in Black phenomenon was actually a real phenomenon. The movies were made later on, as a jest, but the men in black phenomenon is a real thing. It's on Wikipedia. Again, wikipedia.org, type in men in black. In popular culture and UFOs conspiracy theories, men in black are supposed men dressed in black suits who claim to be quasi-government agents who harass, threaten, or sometimes even assassinate unidentified flying object witnesses to keep them quiet about what they have seen. I remember as far back as 20, 25 years ago, when I first started kind of investigating and looking into UFOs, the men in black would always come up. You know, a guy would see a UFO over his farm, maybe he'd have some dead cattle mutilated, or maybe he'd been abducted, or maybe a woman was walking home from work and saw a UFO took a picture. The men in black usually followed. There'd be a knock at the door. They'd ask you what you'd seen, what you'd heard. They'd ask you for whatever evidence you have. Take it from you, sometimes by threat of force. Tell you, A, you did not see what you think you saw. Or B, shut your mouth. If you don't shut your mouth, we'll shut it for you. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of reports of people having encounters with these supposed men in black after reporting a UFO sighting or some kind of UFO-involved incident, whether it be a sighting or, you know, an abduction or a crash. There have been witnesses to UFO crashes in, like, Kexburg, in a couple of other documented incidences where the witnesses later on were visited by Men in Black and intimidated and threatened this is a real thing now the, the movies come along and Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones they're great actors they come along, they popularize it, they make it funny make a great movie out of it and everybody has a good laugh and they go home and now when you say Men in Black that's what people think of before those movies, it was a very real, very ominous threat in the UFO community if you thought you saw or seen or heard anything. The term is also frequently used to describe mysterious men working for unknown organizations, <clears throat> MJ-12 as well as various branches of government allegedly tasked with protecting secrets or performing other strange activities. The term is generic, used for any unusual, threatening, or strangely behaved individual whose appearance on the scene can be linked in some fashion with a UFO sighting. Several alleged encounters with the men in black have been reported by UFO researchers and enthusiasts. The MIB supposedly appeared throughout different moments in history. Stories about men in black inspired this semi-iconic Science Fiction Men in Black Franchise. Now, I want to touch on their origin in pop culture first. And then I'm going to go backwards. Because I want to put it in your mind where the popularization came from. The 1997 science fiction film Men in Black starring Will Smith, Tom Lee Jones, was loosely based on the Men in Black comic book series created by Lowell Cunningham and Sandy Caruthers. Cunningham had the idea for the comic once a friend of his introduced him to the concept of government Men in Black upon, see, upon seeing a black van riding in the streets. So, Cunningham... Comes up with the idea for the comic book slash movie these characters after a friend of his has a has an incident or the involving a UFO and then reports seeing Men in Black and tells Cunningham about it. And Cunningham's like, "Wow, cool story, bro!" And he decides to make a fucking comic book out of it and a movie. And how pissed off would his friend have to be, man? I tell you this story and you run with it and you, you become a millionaire because of it, you fucking douche. But, that's what it is. Um, Men in black figure prominently in ufology and UFO folklore. In the 1950s and 60s, ufologists adopted a conspiratorial mindset and began to fear they would be subject to organized intimidation in retaliation for discovering the truth of UFOs. In 1947, Harold Dahl claimed to have been warned not to talk about his alleged UFO sighting on Maury Island by a man in a dark suit. In the mid-1950s, ufologist Albert Bender claimed he was visited by men in dark suits who threatened and warned him not to continue investigating UFOs. Bender maintained that the men of black were secret government agents who had been given the task of suppressing evidence of UFOs. Ufologist John Keel claimed to have encountered the MIB and referred to them as demonic supernaturals with dark skin and or exotic facial features. According to the ufologist Jerome Clark, reports of men in black represent experiences that don't seem to have occurred in the world of consensus reality. Ufologist John Keel has argued that some MIB encounters can be explained as miscast, entirely mundane events perpetrated through local folklore. It's true. A little bit of paranoia does go a long way. I'll admit that. But again, just like with the occasional hoax for a UFO sighting, we'll get drowned out. It'll get drowned out by hundreds if not thousands of actual reports. I could accept the fact that there are liars out there. And there's hoaxers and there's fabricators and there's people that just want fame and attention. And don't just make up a story. I understand that. But I also understand that we live in a day and age where we have a federal government and the United States military who have lied to us on repeated incidents the cover-up on Roswell, Majestic 12. The fact that these organizations exist, I would assume that they would want things to be kept secret. As I've said before, secrecy is almost necessary in the federal government to do its job. I don't think visiting private citizens and threatening them, though, is the right course of action. But that's some scary stuff. Imagine imagine it's the 1950s. There's no internet. There's no, there's no 911. You don't call anybody. There's nobody to tell. You take a picture of a UFO and a man shows up to your door in a black suit demanding the film, demanding the photos, demanding that you shut your mouth, telling you you didn't see what you thought you saw. Don't tell anybody else about this. And that's the end of it. That's some scary shit. Nowadays, you you ain't coming to my house like that. You are, We are a lot bolder in the 21st century. A dude in a dark suit shows up on my door and demanding me to give him my property and telling me to shut my mouth is probably going to get punched in the face. You're on my property. okay? But back then, that, that was a different ballgame. Back then, the people, especially following World War II, we very loyal to the government and Uncle Sam and the federal system. People were a lot more loyal to the state 70 years ago. Uncle Sam shows up on your doorstep says, give me this. You're going to give it to him. Uncle Sam told you to buy war bonds. You bought them. Uncle Sam told you to recycle. You did it. Uncle Sam told you to Bake bread and save your and and save your metal and ration and use this and that and the other thing and, and you did it. You did it for the good of the country. It was a totally different mindset back then. People were patriotic to the core. Nowadays not so much. But I will tell you What doesn't show up on this Wikipedia page and what I don't know if I agree with or if I don't, because I have not had an incident involving any kind of government agent showing up at my door. I've never dealt with the supposed men in black. But I will say in the 20 to 25 years I've been researching these topics and all the stories I've heard about the men in black, the one thing that I see is that they aren't human. I'm not sure if that bothers me. If it's, if it's bothering me because I'm afraid... Or if it bothers me because it's ludicrous. People have reported the men in black when they show up, they seem almost inhuman. Cold, calculated. Their skin tone, the look and texture of their skin and facial features, isn't quite right. It's just, it's like somebody programmed them. And did a bad job of it. Does that make sense? Have you ever watched a movie that had CGI and the CGI was just not the best? You could tell immediately watching the movie, like, ugh, that, they did a, ugh, that looks terrible. That's what people report about the Men in Black. They don't seem human as you or I. They look human, they're shaped like humans, they have the facial features, but there's just something off, whether it's the look in their eyes, whether it's the look and feel and the texture of their skin, the words that come out of their mouth aren't quite right, there's no enunciation, there's no inflections, there's no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no feeling there's no emotion there's no soul behind the voice, there's no accents there's no none of that it's just very cold very articulated monotoned android like words some have speculated they're artificial intelligence which I highly doubt Some people think that that's agents of the federal government, but they've just been brainwashed and they're just empty shells of a human being, which I highly doubt. And some people have claimed that they're like skinwalkers, man. Like they're they're alien beings that have a disguise on. Which, even though that's the most far-fetched theory... I would believe that before I would believe it was like an android. Okay, we just don't have that fucking technology. I don't know how I feel about the theory of the men in black being non-human. I think in people's fear and in people's paranoia, they will attribute features and things to a person because it explains away their fear. It's hard for a human being to say that they're afraid. Most people want to explain away their fear. I personally have a fear of deep, deep water where I can't see the bottom. I justify that fear by saying, there's shit down there that could eat you. I try to explain away that fear because I don't want to appear afraid. Fear is a weakness. I don't want to appear weaker in the eyes of somebody else so I will try to explain and justify my fear in the hopes of getting you to share in that fear because misery loves company and we want to be afraid together because together we can be weak and then I'm not vulnerable because you have the same vulnerability it's a psychological defense mechanism when somebody is afraid. So if a government agent shows up on your door makes threats takes things from you it's natural to attribute features to this individual that might not be accurate to explain away your fears. How much of it is exaggerated? I don't know. It's quite possible the whole thing is exaggerated. I've seen UFO phenomena. I have not seen an alien. I have not seen a man in black. So I can't I can't tell you based on my own experience. Moving on. Something a little bit more concrete. Something to ground us here before we end the show tonight. The black helicopter. Oh my god, how many times have I heard about the black helicopters? Sometimes you'll hear about them and it's not even involving UFO conspiracies. You'll hear them when you you talk to people that believe in weather conspiracies. You talk to people that believe that FEMA and the government are going to put us in camps. You'll hear about black helicopters. Almost any time you hear about a government conspiracy, you will hear about unmarked black helicopters. The black helicopter is a symbol of an alleged conspiratorial military takeover of the United States and the American militia movement, and has also been associated with UFOs, especially in the UK, men in black, and similar conspiracies. I will admit that the UFO phenomenon in the United Kingdom when it comes to black helicopters is a lot bigger. That That is absolutely correct. I was originally going to include um crop circles in this season when we talked about UFOs, but I never really got to that part of the topics. Um, And I didn't feel like I had enough experience and knowledge on the topic to include it. But I will say that when it comes to the crop circle part of ufology, unmarked black helicopters are usually seen Um, You know, like the morning after or the day after in fields where crop circles have been formed and reported. When you hear about a crashed UFO sighting, you'll hear about black helicopters. A lot of the times, and even in the recent Pentagon footage and those hearings that they had in Capitol Hill... You'll see them. You know, a UFO is spotted by a military plane or near a military base. Black helicopters are dispatched to deal with it. So in a way, the government has told us in a very loose, indirect way that these black helicopters are theirs. Without admitting it outright. I would think that those would probably be government, military-controlled helicopters. I mean, it's the fastest mode of transportation, right? Like, other than, like, jets. But you can't hover over an area with a jet, right? If I tell you that a fucking UFO just crashed on my 50-acre property... Um, two things are going to happen. The military's going to show up in trucks to take the shit away, and the military's going to show up in helicopters to do an aerial view to make sure they got it all and to assess the situation. I don't ever recall ever hearing about black helicopters causing problems. It's more of a visual thing. It's more of a, hey, we spotted a UFO over those mountains and a few moments later, there was black helicopters everywhere. But they weren't doing anything malicious. It's not like the black helicopters chased down the witnesses and tried to run them off the road. They're usually just seen in conjunction with or in the surrounding area during and after a UFO encounter. It's quite possibly, it's just the military being late to the game. UFO spotted. UFO leaves. Military shows up to check it out. UFO crashes. There's debris everywhere. We're cleaning it up. Black helicopters are up in the sky making sure we got it all. Assessing the area. The fact that they've never reported being involved in anything malicious I don't know There's been theories that it's private industry I don't know how much I believe that I think that if a UFO was to crash I think the government would be the ones that be there, not some private company. I don't think Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk have fleets of black, unmarked helicopters all across the country at air bases everywhere, waiting with pilots on standby on the drop of a hat if an alien spaceship crashed or was sighted. Or Lockheed Martin or Boeing or whatever major corporation you want to throw into the conspiracy blender. XYZ ABC company they might have the resources for it but do you know how many thousands of people you would have to have keep their fucking mouth shut i think it's more likely it's a military thing and why not right i can i can explain away black helicopters quite easily why wouldn't they why wouldn't the federal government or the military send out something or someone to go check this shit out. What bothers me, though, are the reports of black helicopters before UFO sightings. Those are the ones that'll get you. There are some small towns in New Mexico and Arizona where I'm I'm watching videos and I'm reading reports. Mostly on Native American lands where the federal government technically does not have authority to conduct maneuvers. I don't know if you guys knew that. But technically, the federal government does not have the right nor the authority to conduct military operations or fly their military aircrafts over tribal lands doesn't mean that they don't, but that they don't have permission. What bothers me is the black helicopters and then an hour later major UFO sightings. That's what concerns me, because that I cannot explain. Even playing devil's advocate and looking at the other side of the argument, I cannot explain black helicopters appearing before UFO incident unless the supposed UFO involved in the incident is one of ours. Backward engineered, or created by us, or repaired and then flown by us. It's the only way I could possibly explain that one away. Otherwise, you get into a whole realm of worms when you start to say that The military is working with the UFOs and the aliens. Then you're opening a can of worms that you might not want to open. There are some rabbit holes I do not want to go down people because they go to some very dark places on the internet and in the human mind. Sometimes it's hard to come back from those. I try to ground every one of these shows and every one of these topics in a little bit of reality and truth so as to ground ourselves and keep us anchored to a semblance of reality we cannot go down rabbit holes filled with nothing but conjecture hypothesis rumor and hearsay because then we're no better off than the tin foil hat wearing lunatics who claim that there were eight different shooters on the grassy knoll That's why I say, guys, always do your own research. Be your own educator. There's YouTube. There's Wikipedia. There's the entire internet at your disposal. Read. Watch. Listen. Educate yourselves. People, that is the best thing you could do. Don't take my word for it. Take your own. Educate yourselves. Formulate your own opinions. You'll be better off for it. You'll be smarter for it. Don't let anybody else tell you what to think. And with that, guys, my name is Nerd. Hanging out in my dungeon this morning, this afternoon, or this evening. Wherever you are, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back same time next week, for episode 6. Remember, like I said, next week will be our season finale of the podcast. And then after that, we're going to take a couple week break. Come back with season 2. With a new name and a new branding. It's going to be very exciting, guys. In the meantime, hit that like button. Hit the follow button. Whatever medium you are listening on, be sure to show some love with a thumbs up, a plus, a subscribe, a comment, whatever you can. Every little bit goes a long way. And don't forget to tell somebody you love them. From the great American Midwest, I bid you all farewell. And good night.